0: Listening to the SBP podcast Mobile Filmmaking episode 121, and I'm your host, Susie Botello. Hey, really quick, before we get to talk to our guest, I'm really excited about that. We selected and confirmed for this year's film festival six feature-length films. They come from Australia, the UK, Italy and the good old USA. So we're really excited about that. Go to our website. Uh, Let me make that really short for you. sbp.cc. Enter that on your browser. It'll take you right to our website, or you can go to internationalmobilefilmfestival.com and go to the menu and click on MFF, which stands for... (laughs) No, not that. It stands for Mobile Film Festival. All right? Um, anyways, let's, uh, let's not be late for a guest. Uh, his name is James Dimitri. He's one of the filmmakers who submitted and confirmed his feature film called Misplaced. He's in Australia. Uh, he's in a different time zone. But we're all sharing this world together. And guess what? He's been listening to this podcast for a long time, and so he got really excited when I asked him to come on the show, and I'm also really excited because it's always nice to bring a big fan of the show into the show. Uh, Anyways, let's go talk to James now. Hey, James, out there in Australia, how are you? I'm
1: doing good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me.
0: I'm, Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, nice nice talking to you in person, yeah. sort of.
1: <laughs> Finally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've been a, a, a fan of the show for quite some time, and I'm actually thrilled to bring you on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: Um, yeah, and I've got to say that your show is probably one of the reasons why this film was actually made. Why I picked up a phone and did it.
0: You did the you did the film because of the show. Yeah, I think so. Well, I yeah, but you're a filmmaker. You would have done it anyway. Yeah, you just wouldn't have done it with a phone.
1: No, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean it's true. So essentially, I think that your show gives people enough inspiration to go out and trial it and pick up a phone and make something with it, you know? So it's, it's definitely something that you should be very proud of. I think you're, you're doing a great job there.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Okay. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Now with that. <laughs> 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 um, no, I, I honestly, when I watched your film and we're not going to give anything away, okay. there's a lot of suspense in that <laughs> film. <laughs> um, the thing that I noticed is that you're an artist and you have the what artists have, which is a need to express, and your canvas is film, and you've made... You've made other films before, right? Or is this just all this talent just just poured out all of a sudden when you picked up the phone?
1: Well, actually, this this is my first feature film. I've done um, a couple of very experimental short films before, um, and I think thank you for saying all that. That's very kind, actually. But I wanted to I, I, I wanted to make something that. Um, felt like visual poetry so I'm really glad that you picked up on the um the art side of it because that's kind of my my background um and I have shot a film before in a more traditional way but it's ne- it never eventuated it was just um it's still sitting in post let's just leave it at that <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's incredible so so you made it now the the other film that you made was that a feature film or yeah, a short? Yeah,
1: film? yeah no no it was a feature film
0: feature film mm-hmm. But it's the one with the smart. Now, is there a reason why the one with the smartphone is is finished? I know you were meticulous throughout the process, uh, but why is this one finished? Compa- I told you this was going to be an interrogation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, why was this one finished and the other one is still sitting in post?
1: Okay, yeah. so I think there's a lot of reasons. So it was funny. I was actually talking to Matt about it because he's, you know, the, the lead guy in the film. Um, Matt and I initially had a chat about making this film a while back. Um, and Matt was in my initial film that I shot, so that's how it, the two of us met. Um, and I was telling him after the process of making the, the, the film on the phone, I was saying it's, it's strange. Some, some projects that you kind of work on and it feels like, you're, you know, it's really hard work, you're pulling teeth, you're trying and trying and trying to make it work and things just don't flow... This was not the case with this iPhone film. Everything just kind of happened organically and it worked. It just somehow fell into place and, you know, the right people walked in at the right time to kind of help it move along. I had the, you know, musicians allowing me to use their music. I had the cast I wanted to use. I had people that kind of... Um, I met along the way on this journey where they really validated what I'm doing and really kind of inspired me and kind of helped me to keep going because being being a creative that's working on something so small, I guess, really in the big scheme of things, um, you don't really have that big of a bouncing board. Like there's not a lot of people that you kind of bounce stuff off a lot of the time. So you kind of get a bit lost in projects sometimes so you don't really know um, – you know, where you're going. Like you kind of just, you don't you feel a little uncertain and unsure about it. So it's kind of nice to have people that kind of find the way into a project that validate what you do, including yourself, because I know that we kind of spoke along the way and I'd sent you a couple of images and stuff and you were very encouraging and there's a couple of friends that I did that with. So it kind of, you know, it, it was really nice, but it was one of those projects where it just kind of happened. It, it wasn't, it didn't feel like hard work to do. Whereas the... Um, other project that was shot in a more traditional camera with a bigger crew and, you know, lots and lots of locations and all that kind of stuff. Um, there was just things that I hadn't thought about, stuff that I had, didn't really know about when I first started shooting, um, including mm. sound, like, you know, audio. The, the I chose beautiful locations. Like, it looks incredible. <coughs> Excuse me. It's an incredible-looking film, but it's very... Not, like, you know, the locations I, I, I chose were super noisy like incredibly noisy so there's a lot of adr to do there's a lot of you know things that would cost a lot of money to kind of fix so hopefully one day i'll be able to to do that as well and finish that film off because it is a fantastic little film but at the moment i am loving using the phone and creating with that it's just so much easier
0: you uh, I think that maybe part of what happened was that the previous film, you learned a lot of lessons. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that probably carried through everything you learned and you were able to apply it into this new film. And on top with the the ease of, you know, the camera and a smaller crew, I'm sure, um, you probably, you know, the audio on your film is is really good.
1: Thank you. And when you say crew, you mean me?
0: (laughs) I mean, right? Because, (laughs) uh, no, the other one you had people working on your film, right? A lot
1: of people, yeah. Yeah, and
0: on this one it's all you, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think, not that I'm a control freak, but I kind of, um, I've come from, (laughs) oof, she (laughs) says, oof. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because
0: feature films are a lot of work.
1: It's a lot.
0: It's not like oh, you're just doing. It's not like a like a one act play, Mm. you know. Mm.
1: But I think I've come from a like my my background is design and photography, so I have a very specific eye, and the way I look at things is very particular, I guess. And when I think that's the issue I kind of had with the previous film as well, because I was not the one that was holding the camera, and which is something that I need to learn to let go of and not feel like I want to do it. But I think because that was the case with the initial one There's stuff that I look back on and think oh man if if I was holding that camera and doing it I would do it this way or I would have moved to that angle or did something interesting you know but it, it was my first time so it, it's it, learn as you go you learn as you go
0: yeah you learn as you go and then but then you you actually turn around and create this masterpiece thank you wow um yeah, I I I really think it's one of those films that will carry through time. Um, first of all, it's black and white,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or it it's like sort of it's uh what is it chroma?
1: No, it is it is black and white. It is black and white. Yeah, yeah.
0: and it seems timeless in a, in a way. Mm. It seems it seems. I mean, you could tell it's it's in the past. But at the same time, it's timeless in, in the way that the story is unfolding. Mm-hmm. And why don't we give a brief synopsis to our listeners?
1: Sure. So the film is called Misplaced. Um, and I picked that title essentially because it's about um, the main character who just feels like he can't fit in anywhere. He, he doesn't belong. He doesn't fit in anywhere. He just is completely misplaced in his, um, in his world. So the synopsis is that this guy, um, his mother unexpectedly dies um, and he kind of dives into a, let's just say, depression. Um, And it gets so overbearing that he um, has to seek the help of a very non-traditional doctor who treats him and he then um, struggles to kind of find his voice again and find himself...
0: So now tell me, mm-hmm. I think this is a great time for you to tell me where this story, how this, how this originated. Um, uh huh. You wrote it? Did you ri- actually write yeah, this? I mean, I can't I believe that I you did. wouldn't have. I did.
1: <laughs> I did. So the story, um, okay, so I am incredibly close to my own parents. Um, and I think I, I'm an only child, so I think I've grown up feeling very attached to my mum and dad. And I've always imagined that the day they're no longer around is probably going to be the worst day of my life. And I think I think grief is something that everybody experiences at some point in their life, in some shape or form. Not not necessarily a, you know themselves and a parent or um, you know a loved one, somebody they care about, a friend or something. So I thought the grief side of it, I think, is something that most people would be able to relate to in some way um, because it's an experience we all have as human beings at, at, at a certain point of our lives. Um, and I also think that um, the film is very reflective and it's although it sounds gloomy, it, it actually is kind of uplifting I feel in the end from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story started uh, because I kind of was thinking, I started writing a lot about... That sort of deep emotional part of what grief would feel like. Um, And then a friend of mine's mum passed away um, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, and we were talking about it. And there was a lot of similarities in, you know, when you get really real about how somebody's feeling when they're a very close friend and you can be very open and talk about what they're feeling. Then a lot of stuff was coming up for him and then I was thinking, wow, I really understand like my thought process of what it would be like is exactly what you're talking about so I then talked to a few different people about it and there was a lot of people kind of responding resonating with that you know so I kind of thought this is a very strong thing and it was something that I really wanted to to tell like it was a story that I felt I needed to tell And I didn't sort of go out to make a film to please anybody. I didn't necessarily want to follow any particular story structure or anything like that. I just wanted to make something that initially was just going to be visual poetry. So I wanted these bits of dialogue um, that I had written over beautiful images that kind of evoked emotion. That's kind of what my initial um, thought process was about creating this film and I'd spoken to Matt about it, and Matt is a really good little actor. Like he won, he won the Heath Ledger Award. He's done, you know, he's done a lot of TV locally. He's done a lot of stuff, and he completely understood where I was coming from because we talked a lot about the emotional side of it. Um, and I think the whole idea behind it was to create an emotion and an atmosphere that people feel they can connect to. Um, so yeah, it's
0: really important in film yeah. and in sharing your stories. Yeah, yeah.
1: and you know, and it, and it's pretty raw. Like there's a lot of stuff in it that it's I don't necessarily sit down and talk to people about. But I was just wanting to be as honest and truthful as I could with what I was writing and even, like, you know, when when people sometimes write, they think about, oh, what are people going to think of me if I write this? Or, you know, like they sort of self-censor. I didn't want to do that with this. I just thought, I'm just going to pour it out. Mm-hmm. Like, anything that comes out, comes out, you know? So it wasn't filtered at all. Um, and I think the more real and raw that you can be, I think the more people can relate to it. That has been my experience with this. I mean, the film has done so well around festivals like it's it's been like crazy like crazy
0: the artist you know as i was saying um that so i have a a genuine love for artists um you know i started out my life you know people would ask me what do you want to do when you grow up susie Mm. you know um and i would say i want to be an artist yeah you know mm-hmm. and people look down on that they frowned on that mm. you know like oh poor Susie, she's going to be homeless <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but she's going to be happy yeah yeah we'll see and 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 that's i think the other layer that most artists are looking for uh, you know they're really not thinking about a profession per se mm. right like you know i don't want to be a lawyer yeah. like my dad yeah. or something like that but i want to be happy mm-hmm. and um But the respect that I have for artists um, that sort of, you know, what I do, uh, I promote artists and I encourage them as best as I can. And part of that comes from my heart, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, and and it's part of my 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 little mission in life because I have what you just said. Right. The artist has this need to express themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, that means opening themselves up that in a way that for criticism. Yeah. Basically. And it's a very scary thing. And so I I have a lot of respect for the per the people that um, you know, you go through stages, right? Mm-hmm that that do that. And I think film is one of those tools that allows you to do that in a way where it's not so subjective in a way. That's
1: right. right? Yeah, completely.
0: Where you really immerse someone into this world and they feel things that, you know, it's not like looking at a, an abstract painting. Mm. And they're really connecting with you at that point through your story. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's very, it's, it's very genuine, very, uh, heroic in many ways. I see it like that, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, for the artist to take up film and I'm glad you did. I really think that this film is going to carry through time. It's going to connect, uh, with a lot of people, you know, and, um, and you're going to look back on it when you're, yeah, I don't know. Hundred, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, like, like how should I say yeah. this? Uh, but you know, like, when you're older, uh, very old, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and you're gonna look at this, and you're gonna go, "This is the thing. This is the thing that I did." Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I do feel very proud of the film. I think it's. I think it's come together really well. And I think you know, it's interesting. I think putting. Um, from my very limited experience, I guess, because I've obviously I've only really completed one film, but um, it, it just feels like magic when you can pick up... Because it's not just one thing. It's like so many elements that need to come together and to make something work and flow really well. So you've got your music, you've got your dialogue, you've got your visual, you have your lighting, you have your pace. You know, your pacing's really important and it, I think all that stuff is part of the cinematic language, you know, like... The film, like with my film, for example, the first half up until he goes to see the doctor, feels a lot of, some people have kind of said, oh, that feels like it's moving very slowly. And I said, well, have you ever grieved? Like when you're grieving, time does not, it's not bang, 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 you know? When you're grieving, your days feel like they're going on forever. That, that is the pace where the character is at, you know? So I just wanted to put the audience exactly where this guy's head is when they're watching that. And then there was a few other things I did. So for the, up until he is a doctor, the only face you see on screen is him because it's all about w- where he is. So even when his wife is on the phone in the background, I made sure that she was shot from the neck down so you do not actually see her face in it. I just want it to be, and it's a very... Yeah,
0: until way later. It's way later where you go, ah.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of wanted him to feel very lonely, you know, because that's kind of where he is. That's where this character sits. And there was a couple of things like that that I wanted to do in the film. Like later on, after he sees a doctor, sort of, sort of things feel a bit disjointed and we made sure that there was things like um, Matt's facial hair is n- not in, in sync. So it's like one scene, he's got a little bit more, the next one a little less, the next one a little more. So it's just, it feels disjointed and it's just subliminal. Like I don't know that you quite notice it, but it does feel like it unsettles you a little. Something's kind of off. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, there was uh, there's there's a few scenes where you're pl- you're playing with the sound as mm, well with mm, the audio. Mm, yeah. Um. Uh. Spatial audio in a yeah.
1: way. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so yes, you were really meticulous, and you know, it's just like every stroke in a in a painter's you know in a painting, mm-hmm. right? Um. And uh, it, it's just yeah it. I think your your story is really going to touch a lot of people. Um, you know, everybody's different. I think some people may have to watch it twice.
1: Yeah, I think I think I know? think second time around you kind of get a different story. Mm-hmm. I don't think because you know there's the the narrator part,
0: yeah. um,
1: which is a uh, to me feels like. I mean, I don't want to give too much away. I guess I don't know how much I can sort of I, <laughs> I know, can say. I know. But the narrator story is very similar to the main character story, like in a different way. So, at the end, I guess the two connect, you know. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah definitely. Mm. Um, and who did the voiceover on that?
1: So interesting. I I had um, so there's two there's two people that are that worked on the um, the voice actors. So the first the the main male character that you hear narrating is John Stratton, and he is this incredible incredible voice actor that I kind of found online and I heard his demo reel and I just literally wet my pants I thought this guy's gold who is this person I want to meet him (laughs) so I kind of just sent him an email saying man I'm just doing this little project and I would love to have a chat to you about it if you've got any time to chat and like he emailed me back and he said yeah you know I might have a look and I sent him a tiny clip of the of the Um, film and he literally called me back within half an hour and he said yeah yeah what did what did you want to do and I was like oh my god this is so cool I want to do this and this and this and he was down for it and the good thing about John is because he's a professional voice artist he has his own studio at home and keep in mind this film happened over like we we had quite hard lockdowns here through filming this so we had chunks of three months of being locked down and, you know, another month or whatever it was that we had lockdowns. So it was kind of – it was hard to be, like, in the same space with people. So we had to do it um, – we literally recorded all that dialogue over Zoom. So I was on online with him, directing him, and he was recording it on his um, – in his studio as we went. So I would send him the clips, I would send him the dialogue, we'd do a run-through – um, and there's a couple of bits, especially when they're in the woods, when the faceless man is in the woods, the dialogue yeah. there is very rhythmic and I really wanted it to be um, even though there's no beat there, it had to kind of fall on a beat. So it was really, I had to, I was sitting on one end kind of clicking, clicking, clicking my fingers as he said it. So he could kind of get the rhythm I wanted. It's quite funny. Nice. But yeah, but it worked well, out. It worked out. That's
0: like, like so creative though. Mm. That's so creative. And the, the thing is, that's the other thing about the pandemic. It forced creativity, like, up the walls, Oof, right? Up
1: the wazoo. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. That's
0: incredible. Mm. And yeah, keep, the, keep going. I'm loving this. Thank you. And the second
1: <laughs> the second uh, vocal artist on it is a lovely, lovely actress called Azalea Bradley. And she actually lives in a different state. She lives in, um, in Byron Bay. So her and I also had to do the whole recording on Zoom and when I spoke to her, she said, look, I've got another job that I'm doing um, and I'm actually going to have recording equipment at my house so we could do it while I've got the gear there. And I was like, great, let's!" I just did this thing with John, let's do the same kind of thing. Unbeknownst to me, she later told me that she actually went out and bought the gear to do it because she really loved the project. <laughs> I was like, I, oh, no. I'm like crazy. So we we, and she was like, you know, it was, because she she does a mother's voice that you hear at the end when she reads a letter and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted her to be very a very sort of nurturing, gentle voice. And I know it's just a it's a voice character, but you still can put a lot of emotion into it, you know and her and I had had a really long talk on our Zoom call for. Um, probably an hour or so before we even recorded, it, and he was literally just talking about what this meant to me, what it would mean to people, what this character is and why it was so important to me because essentially that, that Christmas card that she reads out at the end is a, a slightly altered version of a Christmas card my mum gave to me. So it, oh, yes. it's very sentimental to me, so I kind of talked to her about that and she like we were both in like in tears before we recorded that. So it was really nice to connect on that level with her, you know, even though I I didn't know her, it, it just felt like we had a, an instant connection and she was very emotional. So, and I think that really comes across in her voice as well.
0: Oh, so, okay. So, um, so I thought when I heard that, right, uh, it was almost like a thump within a thump inside you, inside me. Yeah. Uh, and it it almost freezes you. Mm. Like you're just hanging there mm. listening to her voice and listening to your speak. And the words, you know, I wanna hug your mom right now for writing. Oh man, right to you, same. One. yeah Jesus. She's
1: beautiful. Uh, yeah.
0: It yeah, it, it it just it's so expressive mm. and poetic at the same time, but it's so right to the heart.
1: Yeah, it, it does. It hits you in the core. Like, it's it's just right in there, isn't it? I think that's what makes it so emotional, I feel, for me.
0: Yeah. Mm. For everybody who's going to be watching this. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, why don't you share a little bit about the techniques that you were using? Sure. Because, you know, a lot of people want to hear all the geek yep, stuff. Yep,
1: yep, yep. <laughs> so you're talking what gear I use and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, and the techniques, because it's, it's one thing to just have gear but then how you use them creatively to accomplish what you did
1: sure i so essentially when i started this project i kind of wanted to prove to myself that you can make a film and make it really watchable and make it really interesting and that a story is really worth something when you're making a film i didn't want to excuse me i didn't want to focus on gear i didn't want to focus on getting too tricky with things and, and, uh, you know, chasing tech. I spent so many years chasing what the latest DSLR is and what lenses I need and all that kind of crazy stuff and not actually making anything. So for this particular project, I thought I am going to use my phone. I'm going to hop on Amazon and get a slider, like the cheapest little slider I could find, I already had a gimbal that uh, was for an older iPhone, but I kind of managed to squeeze my iPhone 11 into it. So it didn't crack. It worked. I was like, great, this is working. <laughs> <laughs> and I needed a counterweight for it, and I didn't have a counterweight because the phone was too heavy. So I just literally rolled up a bunch of silver coins in tape, and I stuck it to the side so it kind of counterweighed the phone. So that was working wow. working fine. Um, and that's pretty much all I did. Oh, yeah, and I actually got uh, one of the Lanzi um, uh, anamorphic lenses, which I used for a few shots, but it, they j- just didn't feel appropriate for the whole film. It wasn't intimate enough, so I kind of didn't use that. And I got a selection of, you know, those kind of clip-on lenses that are like 30 bucks on Amazon and you get like 10 different ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I got one of those. because Not I that much? Yeah, <laughs> I went all out, yeah. <laughs> crazy so um yeah that's pretty much all I used so and and I actually went to Ikea and got a light you know the just a light with one of those um paper lantern things just to soften the light and I used Mm -hmm. that for a lot of the shots the interior shots um and yeah that that's pretty much all my gear so the majority of that was handheld on my gimbal um, and I use the stabilizer, you know, I stabilized it in Premiere afterwards a little, just a few shots. But I think with some clever editing, just cut, cut, you know, the right, right bits together. I think you can, you can still make it work just fine.
0: Yeah, you have a lot of, um, a lot of the visuals which are superimposed and, and things like that. And the, But the movements um, were also, were all of them done by hand or were some of them done in post
1: no Um, uh oh there was purely probably a couple of digital zooms and even on things where i'm using the gimbal to kind of move in on something or pull back there was a couple of times where it just was might have been too slow or just something wasn't right so i I kind of added digital kind of you know zoom in like a very slow one i mean the pace of the film is is slow and that's the whole idea behind it is to have that Um, natural movement like I I wanted to set it in a a, it's interesting that you say you can't really place where it's at or when it when it is because that's kind of what I wanted it to be I wanted it to be its own little world where you kind of just go in and then you come out at the end and you've been it feels like you've been somewhere else for that time you know and the pacing of it is really important for that because it's quite slow but it's part of that world so yeah.
0: isn't it cool when someone watches it and they get it? Yes.
1: Yes. It is like the best <laughs> thing, the best when people watch it. And like I, I literally like none of the cast or anyone had seen it. And because we were in lockdown, we couldn't have a shot. I couldn't I couldn't get everyone together. So what I did is I actually just put a password on 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 the film and send it out. And I said, OK, this is going to be available for everyone to watch. at sort of say seven o'clock on a Saturday night between seven and Like ten, you get three hour gap to watch it, and then at ten o'clock, let's all hop online, and have a chat about it because I really wanted to hear what people thought. I had not played it to anyone, so we all watched it, and then we all came on at ten, and everybody had already had a cry, and then we, everyone was just like like a lot of the people had not met each other because of the fact that everything was done at different times with you know, or online. So a lot of people was the first time they were meeting online and everyone was just instantly. So kind of connected because they all felt very emotional because of it. And it was so wonderful because I just felt like, yeah, this is, this is a beautiful thing. Like, it's just, it's so nice to see this. It was very cool.
0: Well, films connect people through their stories, but, um, you know, it's part of how we make films in the future, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The way that you just described it, you know, um, I don't, I don't come from that. I come from the world where, you know, everybody for the most part meets on location. Sometimes even the editor Mm -hmm. would come out, Mm -hmm. you know, um, meet on location and it, you know, (laughs) been on film sets with like hundreds of people. Um, and, and they're still independent films. You know, I'm not talking about like a Hollywood film. Yeah. It's just it's the craziness of it, Um, but you know when you're looking at a budget for, you know, just over a million dollars, you know, you're you you expect that, but people meeting and then you know taking breaks, going to the RV, you know where where the makeup people were and just kind of hanging out with each other, you know, and things like that, uh, while they were waiting, it's just it's so much different uh, from. From what you're talking about, it
1: is. It's complete. It's. A, I mean, I've come from a photography background. I've done photography for 20 years, you know. So on set, there's always like the makeup table. There's, you know, the girls doing hair, the guys, whoever's doing hair and makeup. There's, there's that kind of, um, you know, every shoot feels like a small family, you know, and you have that connection on set. Whereas now, <clears throat> excuse me, doing this, it, it was a very different situation. So it was really interesting to see everybody come together after the fact. And still feel that connection. So it was really, it was a really nice experience. Like it was a really humbling, nice experience.
0: Okay. So let's move on into how you did all this in post-production. Because the question that I have for you is, you had to do all this. You had to work around doing things in person, Mm -hmm. you know, and during production. But because you couldn't do it that way, it took longer. Right. Then traditionally, you you go out to make a feature film. Sometimes it could only take three or four weeks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, in this process, because you're delivering things to people and you're you're doing it almost virtually, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, did that take longer?
1: Um, did it take longer? I I would. Did it take longer than the you know, traditional
0: way of doing it? I
1: think I think yes. But I think the reason was not necessarily because I was doing it the way I was doing it, you know, on a phone. It, I think it's more a case that it was a project that was on the side. So it wasn't, let's lock in three weeks and shoot this thing. It was kind of like, you know, Matt was, ha- had jobs on, um, you know, Taylor who plays the mum had jobs on. And it was kind of, when are you free to shoot a little bit more of this? When are you free to shoot a little bit more of this? And initially, when I spoke to Matt about it, Matt was under the impression that this was a short film. And I said to him, no, <laughs> it is a feature <laughs> film. So the poor guy, I mean, you know, he signed up to do it with me and thinking he'd be done in a month. But it was like it took six months, you know.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm and I'm also thinking that because it wasn't all done, you know, OK, we, we got a production, mm-hmm. you know, three or four weeks. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom every day. You know, twelve-hour days. Even though you know you work sixteen, mm-hmm. <laughs> but twelve-hour days. You know, each one of those days and all this stuff. And then it's done. And then it goes into post. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, in this way, whether you would have shot it with a phone or not, but in this in this method, it just seems a little more comfortable for people because you can kind of work around people's schedules a little more. You can you can have as long as you don't have an investor going wow well, you know, <laughs>
1: yeah that's right this
0: must be done that's you right know?
1: that's right and i mean that gives you that does give you a sense of freedom as well because you don't have a deadline that you have to have something done and you don't feel like you need to be rushing to get something shot regardless of whether it's working or not so there was times when i thought i want to like you know there's a scene in the church where he drops a coin yeah. So that initially – I knew I wanted to have him sitting in a church for some reason, but I wanted—I initially thought of shooting him at a bus stop playing with a coin and the coin falling and going into a drain. But then I thought – I don't have enough time, and then I thought it through, and I don't have enough locations. And then you got to
0: get a clown,
1: yeah, and all that stuff, and some <laughs> dancing girls in the background, you know, and all that.
0: I'm thinking <laughs> about uh, the movie <laughs> it. Yeah, I get what you're talking
1: about, <laughs> but I, uh, I just kind of combined the two things and made one scene. So, but that wouldn't have happened if I didn't have the luxury of time to sit back and kind of think, you know, meh, that's not going to work so well. Maybe we could do it this way, you know.
0: Wow, so in 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 a way that actually makes makes a better film uh,
1: for me, dude. Yeah, to... for me, definitely. Yeah. Did.
0: So to all the filmmakers out there, regardless of what you're using, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do it James's way. Take
1: your time. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, as long as you're not taking so much time that like, how old was your little actor? He was seven, right? She.
1: She. My daughter. Six. Six, seven. My daughter was six. Yep. Yeah. And I, when we had a lockdown, we were homeschooling here as well. So I, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. We had to do schoolwork at home all day, then try to squeeze in a bit of filming. And then towards the end when I was actually trying to get it done, because there was some deadline festivals that I really wanted to get it into as well. And I would get her into bed and then, you know, can't really work when your little one's kind of needing attention and stuff. So it was like literally staying up but like starting editing and doing stuff at like 9.30 or 10 at night till 2 in the morning and then up at 7 again. So it's kind of like, yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah, that's like incredible. All right, so now we're in post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going back to that, well. I've been <laughs> mentioning that <laughs> a, a few times now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in post, and you said you d- used Premiere. I
1: didn't. Yeah,
0: yeah. and uh, there were a lot of, uh, so you're very artistic. Uh, there were a lot of special effects that you that you used and you manipulated some of the images mm-hmm. and things like that. You did all that in Premiere? I
1: did. I did. I did not use um, After Effects. Um,
0: mm.
1: All of it is in Premiere pretty much, yeah.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk a little bit about what brought you to becoming a filmmaker in the first place. I mean, I know you're an artist and maybe you can start a little bit about, you know, with that
1: um gosh that's a big question um yeah I mean art is what I love to do it's just create create it's it's my thing it's my jam um I think from high school on like you know when I was in high school half my half my schooling was art class and music so that was my school life and then I I had a whole bunch of different jobs and then kind of ended up doing graphic design. So I worked for a, a music company doing all the um, design sort of different covers and all that kind of stuff and then moved on from that into doing photography. And then um, photography was kind of, for me, uh, a way to capture something that's that, that had different kind of elements to it that had depth um, and it was, I think I was just, you know, always wanting to make a film. I always wanted to make films from, from when I started doing that. But back 20, 20 years ago, it was um, so expensive. Like, you know, they, to buy anything to make a film with was just not really affordable to everyone. It's not like now when you can do what you're doing with a phone. So um, I went along for a long time doing photography, very happy doing it. And, you know, a lot of people would comment on how cinematic some of my stuff would look. Um, which I thought was really interesting. And then eventually I had worked with um, one of the models that I was working with was here from the States. And he had his manager with him who was like this lovely guy that we kind of got on with really well. And him and I clicked and we were talking and he said, you would make a really great director. You should think about doing that. Um, And I said to him, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to. I've actually written some stuff that I want to get done. And he said, oh, well, here's my number, give me a call. And then I sort of Googled this guy and he's some, like, big shot in the States. And we kind of connected and um, he sort of said, yeah, yeah, send me your stuff. I want to have a look at what you're doing. And he put me in touch with a producer. And then that kind of started to – we had a a little bit of back and forth. And I thought, yeah, great, this is going to work. It's going to happen. And then it just kind of back and forth, back and forth, kept going for a little too long. And then I kind of felt this is not going to go anywhere. And I thought I really want to mm. make something that I can actually make. And that's when I sort of shot my last film um, and I learned a lot from it but it hasn't, it didn't finish. And then I thought I am not going to just sit around not doing anything. I really want to make a film. So that's when I hopped online and started looking at um, phone footage and what a phone can do and, you know, it, it was an affordable way to do it because I had a phone. And then I bumped into your had podcast. you ever
0: worked on a f- <laughs> and that's
1: when I was like, "Oh my God, people are actually doing this for real, and it's working." <laughs> and I literally yes. went back and listened to every single episode from the beginning till it was like I was thirsty for it. It was like, "Give me more, Susie." I think that's when I you reached benched. out to you. you I did. did. You
0: did. You totally did. I was
1: like, I, I kind of hit the end point. I'd listened to all of them, and then there was like none left. And I was thinking, "What? Wait, <laughs> where's the next one?" I
0: remember you messaging me a couple times. Uh, So are you going to put out another one? Yeah, it's like,
1: (laughs) I'm dying here. Where is it? Yeah.
0: I'm like, what's what's (laughs) with the pressure? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. I just, I'm just kind of like, really like, wow. So who, so when you're learning the techniques of filmmaking, Mm -hmm. I mean, some people, it takes a lifetime. Uh Were you ever, did you ever work on a set? No. Like for a film? No. Nothing, right? That's what I thought you were going to say. Uh, that's just crazy. And so you learned it. What did you watch the making of documentaries? No, was there anything that gave you nothing? No, I just I just really wow.
1: had a, a picture in my head of what I wanted it to look like, and I really wanted to make it look the way uh, kind of it's you know the way it's turned out. And it's funny, like I remember a, a very good friend of mine when I first started doing photography because I didn't really know how to do photography, I just picked up a camera and I started shooting and then people were like, oh we'll pay you to do this and I was like, okay, cool. You're the biggest guy, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no, it's actually a lot of work, trust me. But yeah. I remember a girlfriend of mine who was like a photographer at the time and she was a very good photographer. And I said to her, "Oh man, I like I've got this camera, but I have no idea what to how to make this what am I supposed to do with this thing?" And she and I showed her some of the shots that I was getting, and she said, "You you did that?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "Okay, let me just explain something to you." And I still to this day remember her advice. She said, "You come up with a product that people will see at the end. How you got to it, whether you used a massive camera, a pot or a pan or your pen, or you drew it, whatever you did, however you did it, no one cares, no one gives a beep, you know, beep this out, no right. one gives wh- anything.
0: No one gets a rat's A rat's, butt. rat's
1: burr. <laughs> yeah. No one gives <laughs> uh, as long as the end product is what they get to see it. And and I've always kind of walked along my path with that in mind. I just think it doesn't matter how you make something happen, you know, how you get to the end point of how you're, creative outlet like you know whatever that may be how it looks at the end is what your uh, you know what you should be proud of not how you what you used or how you did it so you know that chasing tech and making sure that you've got this lens or that lens or this massive you know sixty thousand dollar camera or you know whatever is I mean it's great but if you don't have it it's not a reason for you not to create something you know like it just There's there's things in a story that... There's things in making a a project or a film or whatever it is that you're making that are way more important than than the camera you're going to use. Like, what you're going to say, do you feel really connected to it? How deep is it? Is it going to affect people? Is it... You know, whether it be a horror film or an emotional thing, like, it it doesn't matter what it is. Has it got enough truth in it where people are going to believe it and it's going to resonate with people? You know, that's the things that you need to be really thinking about before you do anything.
0: I, I just love everything that you're just, that you're just saying, because, um, as you know, that's, uh, you know, the guests that come into this podcast, mm. they're not all talking just about tech,
1: mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean?
0: And the gear and all this stuff. And, and, and to be honest with you, these, these episodes with each one of my guests as yourself are really timeless. You know, mm. that someone can go back. I can't imagine anyone binging now that we've got your episode 121.
1: Uh, yeah, you're looking at the guy. This is him. I binged everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, could you imagine someone else coming back and say, "Oh, I just listened to episode 121. Now I'm going to listen to 120 all the way down to you know." It's it's um I I wouldn't um, expect anyone to do that. That'd be like watching an entire two three seasons of star trek or something you know what i mean how cool
1: is that i'm um, rewatching x files now from the very beginning
0: oh my god i love same that and I,
1: you know it's so retro now i haven't seen it for it's like 30 years old and i remember when it first came out so i'm just rewatching it now and it's so cool it's just like cool in a different way again now but i'm that guy i will go back and rewatch all of it i'm i'm, I'm up to season two now so i'm loving it again
0: I, I do that with Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Where, you know, it's like this thing. It's like, oh, they're going to show them all to me now. Boom. I'm there. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, then I, loss, I lose it. I lose my, um, uh, what do you call it? My train of the... You're trying to yeah, kind of uh you know the uh the, you were talking about pace, right?
1: Yeah, you're pacing. It, it's
0: kind of like that. It's like I lost my motor skills. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Something. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like I don't care about that show anymore. <laughs> but oh, you like like the one um We're all dead?
1: Yep, 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 you know? yep, yep, yep.
0: Yeah. I watched that whole thing in one weekend.
1: Wow. That's I dedication. Know. And they're long. Man, that is dedication. No, I I watched like I try to watch X-Files when I hop into bed and I usually will fall asleep about halfway through one because I'm so tired. <laughs> and then rewatch a quarter <laughs> of it again, the following night. So each episode is taking me like three nights. But yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah, between watching mobile films, yep. I once in a while, I like to go on Netflix and watch other people's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Don't and betray and us, you Susie. Stay,
1: stay on mobile films. You can't do that.
0: Right, yeah. well... Um, I have to tell you uh, that I really do love what, you know, the, the other part of it is I'm watching films on Netflix. I can't talk to those filmmakers. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say I can't, but like, you know, they they, they don't fit in mm, this podcast, mm-mm. you know, yeah. uh, for the most part. I'm not going to deny anyone. I'm just, in case you're listening, <laughs> Steven Spielberg or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 but um, But quite honestly, it's like, With the filmmakers, you know, I I get to watch your mobile films and being so impressed with your film and then getting to talk to you, you know, about the film and then sharing this conversation with other people like you, myself and and everyone else out there who just needs to know, you know, you were talking about the behind the scenes, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Uh, like no one cares and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, up to a point because the audience generally doesn't care, right? The consumer of a product doesn't care how it's done unless it's food and you don't want to put really bad stuff inside you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But for the most part, they don't care how it's made. They just want want the entertainment. Mm -hmm. They, They want to feel something. They want to learn from something, all that stuff. But for people in this industry of smartphone filmmaking it's important i think to, for them to know this film that you just watched that you really enjoyed it was shot with a smartphone and you have one
1: 100% and they want
0: to know how you got there yeah. how did how did how did james get from here to here mm-hmm. and my hope is that and I'm, i pretty much will tell you that some of them are going to listen to this and they're going to say, you know, I connect with James because of this and because of that. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really inspiring about <clears throat> your story, James, I feel like I'm I'm just like kissing up to you here, but I'm not. OK. Uh, the really cool thing about it is the fact that you didn't have you didn't take film school. You didn't go work on film sets. You really just it was all about your vision and making that happen. Yeah. And whether you use a smartphone or not is not really the case, but the fact that you use the tool that everybody else has available to them without the training, you know, but learning the skills because you tried making another film because you were a photographer, because obviously you have a good eye, as they say, you probably have two good eyes. I've got two
1: at the moment. I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Well, there's another one up on your forehead too.
1: (laughs) My third eye. Yeah.
0: Your third eye. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just, I just think that's really incredible. And, um, and you rock.
1: Thank you so much. I, I feel very humbled and very honored to be doing this with you. I like, like I said, I've I've been fanboy for a long time listening to the show and I've found a lot of inspiration and, like you just said, it's great. Like, on, on a podcast, I agree, the behind-the-scenes stuff and how you how things are made is really important for people who want to make films, you know. <clears throat> but for the audience, not necessarily, but you, you're absolutely right, for a podcast that is about filmmaking, definitely.
0: And I hope that at least half of the audience that stumbles into your film, Mm -hmm. no matter where they do or when they do, that they're so intrigued by it that they look you up and then they find this episode of the podcast Mm -hmm. and listen to your story and it really inspires them.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Because,
0: like you said, yeah, for the the common person who's going to watch it, be entertained, think, oh, interesting, you know. Oh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. but it's it's those, you know, like the people who watched e t, who grew up with e t. yeah, and then said, I want, to make, I want to be a director like Steven Spielberg and make movies like Steven Spielberg. And he inspired a lot of filmmakers. I happen to know for sure. Definitely. Because I went to definitely. school with a lot of them. Yeah. And I, I actually yeah.
1: remember somebody saying, um, another pe- person that I was listening to, and I can't remember if it was on your show or somewhere else, but I remember somebody saying about using an iPhone and they were saying – you know, like if you have a, a bigger camera, then the film's better and all that kind of stuff. And somebody said, you give somebody, the guy next door, an iPhone and you give Steven Spielberg an iPhone and let him go make a film and you're going to get two very different films, you know. So yeah. it's it's not just what you're using, it's what you're putting into it as well. It's It's your soul that goes into that thing.
0: And that goes back to the artist mm-hmm. and the need to express. And we're all different yeah. in one way or another. So we have a different perspective, even with the same stories, which is why stories connect us.
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah. I agree.
0: So is there anything else that I'm missing from this?
1: Um, not that I can think of. I, I, I'm i not sure. Um, the only thing I would add is like the the people that it's kind of brought into my life and into my work um, have been wonderful. I mean, Talking To You, for example. Secondly, the little kid that I cast on my film, his dad is a producer. I didn't know that at the time. Um, And he's made some big films like uh, Hotel Mumbai and a couple of other big multimillion-dollar films. And he has since come on as a producer on my film to help to try and get distribution for it. So that like stuff like that would never have happened if it wasn't for me picking up my phone and making this film. Do you know what I mean? Fate. So it's it's just one of those things that when you when you actually push yourself to make something that you you know, it's not a traditional way to do it, but when you do do it, the benefits of it can be very surprising.
0: I love it. That is probably one of the best things that you could you could say to someone because everybody's got a little bit of a dream. Mm-hmm. It may not be in film. It may be something else. In anything, yeah. Yeah, you just have to get up and, and walk the path,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that you're on. You're already on it. You just don't even know it. You just have to walk it. That's right. And then things come, they almost come out of nowhere, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. It's like creativity. That comes from nowhere. I mean, it just happens
0: yeah i mean i just i tell people just because just because you don't know how something or why how something could have happened Mm. you know that doesn't mean it it just it just like it's a big unknown it's 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 just it's still real that's right that's right
1: it's just like you i mean you started this podcast right (laughs) where did like where did that come from it, it, you wake up one day and something came to you and it eventuated and then it became a reality, you know, and then you get to do the festival, you're doing all these wonderful things that inspire all these other people and it's kind of just has a knock-on effect as well. It's it's not um, – it, it just goes on and on.
0: Yeah, it's like that little quote that I – you know, that thing I said about how a story doesn't have a beginning or an end, mm. you know, it's all to. It all depends on the person who's telling the story saying, mm-hmm. here's the end, here's the beginning, you know, uh, because of the different perspectives. That's right. So, anyway. Yeah. You're amazing. I'm, um, I love your film. I'm, I'm really, uh, excited to share it, uh, at the film festival here in San Diego from Australia.
1: Thank you. All the way in
0: San Diego.
1: Uh oh, so excited. Um, so excited.
0: Y- Yes. And I'm I'm I can't wait to hear, you know, everybody talking about your film. They're gonna be talking about all the other films as well. I'm 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 actually look, James. Yes. It's incredible this year. I mean to have six feature films that I just had to select.
1: Mind blowing, isn't it? Crazy.
0: It, it it really is because it's like last year we had three.
1: Yep. <laughs> it's going up uh. every year there's more.
0: Yes. And so I I don't know how we're going to be able to do this continuously, but um it, it, they were all very impressive, you uh-huh. know. Uh and yours is definitely very unique just like you are. So, um I just wish you the very best of luck. Um you're already, you know, if you win in if you win the award, fantastic. We'll talk again. Yeah. But we'll talk again anyways. Because this is not going to be your your last um, hurrah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm already, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the process of writing some other stuff at the moment. So I hope just, yeah, hopefully right. that will eventuate. Yay.
0: So that's awesome. So if anybody's out there and you've got a few million dollars you want to invest in his next project. <laughs>
1: Please call me. I'll say yeah. it.
0: <laughs> I know James is not going to say it. Uh, so I'll say it for you. Thank
1: you. James. Thank you.
0: If, you, if anybody out there has got a few million bucks, just, yeah.
1: just
0: get in contact. How do they get in contact with you, James?
1: Um, I will give you, if you want, I'll give you all my uh, contact details, and you can pop them on the in the notes on if the show you want notes. To do that? Sure.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Sounds Incredible. Great. All right. Misplaced.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Susie. It's been so much fun.
0: You bet. Say goodbye to our listeners.
1: Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.